a welcome to Her Incredible Mind. And we highlight women with STEM-related careers. Today, I am so honored to be speaking with Her Incredible Mind founder. Uh, also, today really is a life consultant, or should I say life sciences consultant? I like life consultant, to be honest with you, Kate. So Kate Fagan, uh, my pleasure to be, you know, introducing you and interviewing you today. Thanks, Pam. I feel the same way about you. <laughs> Thanks so much. So Kate, you know, you had asked me some questions early on when you were starting to talk about the concept of her incredible mind. And one of them you asked me was about what I was doing in my role as a professional today. Let's talk, aside from her incredible mind, what are you doing today, uh, primarily in the life science side of the world? That's a good question. So I, um, I am a life sciences consultant. And what I do is I go into companies and if they need help with technology and sometimes act as a, um, you know, an interim head of IT or an interim head of communications or an interim head of change management. Uh, and I do a lot of work now, um, not so much more in the technology space, which is really where I've come from, but I do a lot more at the, at the business level, a lot more in the operational effectiveness, um, streamlining uh, communications, uh, working through change management, and really maturing organizations across the board, not just from a technology standpoint, but from processes and people, and, and actually contributing to culture, which is one of my biggest passions is, is culture. Yeah. You know, um, mentioning just the business side and not just the technology side, I'm going to, I'm going to veer off of some of the questions we normally ask and throw a curveball at you, but why should the business care about the technology within a company? Oh, that's a great question. So, you know, in any organization, technology is supposed to be there to make things easier, right? To make processes easier, to make um, your work easier, to, to create maybe more efficiency somewhere. Um, that sometimes gets lost in translation. People, you know, they adopt a new technology or they create, um, you know, spreadsheets instead of maybe using something that could make their lives a little bit easier. And I think in the in, uh, in maybe back when you and I started out, that meant immediately meant that we were not going to be, um, you know, we were going to be replaced by technology, right? That is not the case. It's not what happens at all. In fact, it just helps us to be more efficient, more effective, um, and it helps us to grow professionally. You know, when we're not counting on. Um, you know, having to go in and click and do this and do that. And we're actually working in a way that is making it, you know, something where we're using our minds more. Uh, I think, you know, from my perspective, technology is, is very beneficial uh, for people. I think that um, users love technology, but they also have a hard time managing technology and communicating it correctly. Technology needs mm. to come with communication and change management and training. If you don't have those three, nothing in technology will be successful. Yeah, I mean, you know, we use the word change management, but maybe for the people that are watching today, what is change management in the world of technology and business? What, is, what does that mean to your clients and to you? 
That's a great question because um, I know we throw the lingo, especially in technology all the time. Yeah. Uh, change management is managing the change in the environment. So when you're having a new platform come on board, it's important to communicate you know, thoroughly when you're doing that. How are you going to have employees not resent technology because you changed the technology that they once used, tried and true forever, to a different platform? Where does that fit into the overall scope of, you know, the human factor, right? So someone sitting at a desk, they've been there for so many years, they know this platform, you know, completely, and here they are, now going back to square one with something that's going to make you know their lives easier in the end but it needs to be managed so you need to manage that change you need to communicate it and you need to support and train um you know if you're going to i've been through projects where you you're you're replacing entire systems and you know people have been used to it for you know um you know years and years and years for example no one uses a office phone anymore right we all use cell phone or we all use the phone that's on our computer or we're on zoom or on teams it's yeah. not where we're continuing to get your voicemail at your desk that's not something on that phone on your desk anymore and managing change like that in is 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 slow and it has to be done correctly. Mm. That's interesting. I think just as consumers, if you were to go from say an iPhone to an Android or, or vice versa, you know, that can be a little bit disruptive because you know how to use one. And if you change to the other, if you took mine away and, and forced me to use the other, I think without some kind of, I guess, change management, I, I would be really nervous about that and I wouldn't be happy about it. So Absolutely. thank you for explaining that. Yeah, no worries. Did you think early on that technology was going to be the, the path that you chose? I mean, what drew you to technology? That's a, so I did not think that. <laughs> um, I started my career in commercial real estate. Uh, so my career was in commercial <laughs> real estate. I started at a company um, that was a shared office space back in the day, seemed kind of like the WeWork that it is now. Okay. Uh, and I was basically, you know, a, an admin that was helping out, you know, uh, all different companies. So I got exposed to, you know, people that ran um, small lumber importers to, you know, alcohol and beverage companies to um, people that were consultants that were part of, you know, organizational change where, you know, if they had to lay off staff or something like that. So it was, it was unique. I was exposed yeah. to many different companies at the same time. Uh, from there, I was, I was in commercial real estate for a company called uh, Fallon, Hines and O'Connor. And at the time they were a boutique, um, you know, commercial real estate firm. And they had clients at the time that were just coming to the United States or just starting up in the United States as uh, life sciences organizations. And I was a admin for a, a couple of the key brokers at the time that were handling life sciences clients. I was the girl who knew how to reboot the Novell server. And they taught me one day and that's what I went through. And I, and I just kind of fell into loving technology and taking a totally different path. 
from there, I went to a, a, a major development company um, that was lo located in Boston too as well. Um, and I headed up IT there. So it was wow. very, very different from my journey. Uh, you know, from there, I went to, you know, strictly technology companies and then eventually to uh, life sciences. It's incredible. One common theme I'm hearing from all the um, young girls to high school students to college age and to, you know, women who've had careers in this, you know, technical or some type of engineering um, industry is that trying new things, being curious. It doesn't seem like everything was all mapped out or planned out. Um, even even young girls that are trying different camps or you know different uh, you know after school programs and things like that. Sometimes they think they like it. Sometimes they they don't like what they thought they would. And um, it just is amazing to me to hear that common thread of. I was curious. I liked it. I tried it. And I, you know, it's just, it sounds like that's exactly what happened to you. You embraced whatever the technology system was and maybe even on some level self-taught, right? So Very you did some so. research, you did some of that um, instead of sort of waiting for all these things to just happen. It was just jumping in as they say, and, and getting involved. And did you, you know, the, the role that you're in today, how did you, you know, at what part of your journey, I guess, were you ready to say, this is what I want to do? And what was it that specifically drew you into being life science, you know, consultant across not just technology, but business? When I was at Fallon, Heinz and O'Connor, the culture that uh, we built in that organization was incredible. It always set the tone for what I wanted um, in my career to work for from a company standpoint. Um, they, they were just a, uh, we used to call it contribute to the whole. And it was this enrolling you know, um, organization where everybody was proud of what they did. Uh, everybody was, was compensated and, and treated equally. It was, a just, it was just a really well-run organization. When I went into life sciences many years later, and some of those life sciences companies that I worked with were actually my clients back when I was at Fallon Heights and O'Connor, um, they had that same culture, that culture of enrollment, that culture of everybody going and contributing to the whole and people really working together. You know, um, you know some of the, the experience that I gained from that is the difference in my career you know, is the, is the, is not just that, you know, what did you do? You know, what, what, how did, uh, how did you roll out that program or project or anything? It's, it's the, it's the ethos, if you will, of what comes with that company of what, you know, it took to, you know, be part of that company for the, the uh, teamwork that gets done, the respect for one another, the, uh, you know, everyone being, you know, kind of going in the same way, but leading individually, you know, which is, which is a very hard thing to do because, you know, there are some people that want to lead and some people that don't, um, yeah. you know, and that's okay. Yeah. Um, but it was definitely one of those, um, it felt right, um, you know, kind of industries sure. for me. I, I really feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, were there ever times when things 
didn't feel right? Were there any obstacles or hurdles sort of in your way that um, you had to overcome during your career? I think in technology in general, there are always obstacles that we need to overcome. Uh, I think the biggest obstacle is truly understanding the um, user base. Um, there is a gap in, in, in user bases, including myself. You know, I'm still, I mean, you know, I'm a technologist, you know, who, who's running technology at strategic levels. If you ever asked me how to do something on your iPhone, I'd probably have to look it up. You know, it's just, it's just not what I do. Right. Right, It's not who I am. It's not what I do. Um, So I think that that's part of it is understanding generation generationally. And also somewhat of, um, you know, kind of whether you're interested in it or not, because, you know, there are people that just technology just bothers them. They don't want, you know, they don't want that, you know, that technology, that new technology people, some people still want a phone on their desk. I understand it. Um, You know, and managing that change and making people feel comfortable and also making people feel respected in that opinion is a challenge, right? Because Mm you're trying to roll out something on a strategic level that you know in the long run is the right thing to do for the company, but you're still trying to make other people feel supported and, you know, uh, heard and, and that their, that, and that their opinion matters too as well. So it's, it's, it's a hard balance in IT. So, you know, was there anything in particular that you ever felt, you know, for you personally was a little bit of a hurdle or, you know, maybe prevented you from moving forward or reaching your full potential at times? So I think the biggest hurdle that I overhead, I had to overcome actually was uh, learning to have the hard conversation. Um, I was definitely hesitant to ask people about performance or uh, was, you know, was what we were working on or soliciting feedback. Was any of that something that we, that I was, that I was doing wrong or that can be improved. I was someone who hated those, um, you know, those sessions that you had afterwards, you know, to kind of regroup and say, okay, how well did the project go? How well did the project not go? I hated that. You know, it was just one of those things where I was like, this is going to be a disaster. And every time I did it, I got more and more comfortable And I was the one who started asking myself the hard questions and was able to walk in even before any of those sessions, you know, the the lessons learned were were underway and be able to go to whoever was the project sponsor or a user and say, hey, I know you don't love that we did this, but what is it that we could do better? And and can can you tell me what that, that, you know, that would be? And I think that that was when I, my career, really evolved when I was able to have the hard conversation and really take, you know, that emotion and that ownership out of it and not look at it like they were highlighting a personal deficit of mine. They right. were, they were actually just trying to, to convey their feelings about what happened or giving a suggestion, or this might've been done, you know, better if we did, did X, Y, and Z. And you don't need to be defensive about that. Like that's, that's, you know, that, that was definitely a turning point in my career. Yeah. You know what? I, I absolutely relate to that. I remember early on in my career when I was given feedback, I always took it as they were either criticizing me or I failed at something. And, you know, the more experience and as you mature and you learn, what you find is that they're giving you this feedback 
to help you in your journey to be better. And there's also a way to provide that feedback to say, look, next time we do this, you know, maybe try this. You're just trying to help that other person. You're not trying to point out, you know, areas of weakness, right? And so it taught me how to take that and apply it and also how to give it, right? So there's always sort of a, a learning lesson, but that absolutely resonates in that hard conversations to have, um, especially with peers. But I, I have learned that if honesty and respect is at the forefront of what you're trying to accomplish, then you can, you can have those difficult conversations. It does take practice and it takes years of experience to get comfortable doing it, I think. I could not agree with you more that I think the years of experience definitely makes you more comfortable with it. Um, you know, I, I now am such a transparent person. You've known me for so long, you know, yeah. that I, I can speak my mind with, you know, with what I would hope would be respect for others and just let them know what I'm thinking about something or uh, what, I, what my thoughts are. Uh, I think that, that younger girls that I see, are not as afraid as our generation was to, to, to say what's on their mind. And I think that's a, an unbelievable thing. I'm excited about that. Yeah, it is. It is. The, although, you know, the younger generation also has so much to deal with in terms of uh, social media and how yeah, they're absolutely. perceived. And I think that's something we never had to worry about. No, we didn't. We didn't. Um, and but I'm if thankful you, for that. <laughs> I, I know, I know. But, you know, again, it's it's technology and it's just using it the right way and just learning to take what you would perceive as criticism, right? We had to have that face-to-face, you know? Um, I, you know, there's challenges on both sides with and without all that online social media. But if you did have to go back to your younger self and give yourself advice, what advice would you have given young Kate back then? Uh, For me, I feel as if I was really, really self, um, self-critical when I was young, um, you know, always beating myself up about, you know, not doing a good job, not, not being a fair, you know, not being, uh, you know, qualified for what I was doing. And now I realize, you know, that I, I really spent a lot of time on stuff that I can't even remember half the time now, you know what I mean? That it, it was so Worrying small, about it. it was so yep. small, you yep. know, that I was worrying about things that just did not matter. So I think it's important for um, younger players and younger women in this, you know, in this world to really understand that uh, it's a journey. It's not one point in time. It's not, you know, one day, you know, it's, it's, it's a journey and it, it, you evolve, you will evolve. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And, you know, if it, if sometimes when things happen, you think, this is, this is forever. This is, oh, you know, this is going to impact me for the rest of my life. It isn't, you know, um, in three years, five years makes a huge difference. You're not even going to know some of the people that you might feel are criticizing today. You, they won't even be in your world in the future. And so it won't matter, even though it feels like it's everything right now, um, at a young age, but, um, you know, when we look at for social media as professionals, we use platforms like LinkedIn and LinkedIn tells you who the person is that maybe you're looking for, or if you've heard a name or had a meeting, you can look up and learn about that person. What three, three things, three words, if you had to choose to describe 
Kate Fagan on LinkedIn, what three words would you choose? I would say um, passionate. Um, I would say um, invested. And I would say, above all, authentic. Very authentic. I think that's great. Oh, fantastic. Kate, thank you so much for spending the time today and letting everyone really get a chance to know the founder of Her Incredible Mind. And let me just thank you for taking the time to uh, dedicate an organization where we can help so many people, you know, and you and I know we didn't have organizations like this uh, when we were coming on to our own journeys and anything we can do to, to help make it easier for our, our sisters out there in the world, we're more than happy to. So I, I can't even thank you enough, but thank you for today and thank you for her incredible mind. Thank you.